0: This podcast is brought to you by the award-winning prop firm, Fidel Crest.
1: In the winter, I have a lot more time to trade because I'm not outside as much. But in the summer, I'm really just focusing more on like the, the swing trades from the range low to the range high. And I'll, I'll bring my laptop out with me actually in the pickup truck with my alerts. That way, if I'm out there like harvesting potatoes or whatever, I can uh, hop on over to the charts. Maybe like th- three out of 10 if I'm scalping them. I mean, yeah, maybe probably about three out of 10. I, I don't really keep track, to be honest with you, of my losing trades. Well, for two reasons. Number one, a lot of times, you know, I'm, I'm like, always. Counter trading myself, so like I could have like a, a short and a long going on at the same time. And if like if my trade gets stopped out, I can just cover the loss with the opposite position. Secondly, it's like because I'm risking so little, I almost don't even really think about the losses that I take. If you just look at historically what price action does, it's like most of the time when we come up to resistance, we reject. So if you're trading a sideways range, you know, a lot of people are like looking for a breakout for confirmation of an uptrend. It's like if you're always looking to trade a breakout, most of the time that breakout's not gonna happen, right? Most of the time, we're gonna come up the resistance and reject because it's resistance and vice versa for support. People get super bearish. It's crazy how many people short support when you're looking at the order flow. We come down to support all of a sudden millions of shorts opening up at the low right? because we're like dumping, right? When I am using order flow, what I'm looking for on there is I'm looking to see what are the whales doing? Because if you see, for example, let's say you see like 50 million shorts opening up at support and the order book says, all we have are shorts coming in, no longs, just shorts. You would think to yourself, price should be making lower lows and lower highs. But if price Price is staying at support and not moving, and maybe even making slightly higher lows and higher highs, ever so slightly at that support. You know that there's big players there filling up limit orders, and they're basically feasting on these retail
0: phone owners, and then they're going to push the price up. Episode 213, folks. Today we welcome Jason Casper onto the show. Now he has got not just a great trading story to tell us. He lives off the grid, also trades ranges solely ranges. You're going to find out how he does it. It's fantastic. We did a video after the show as well. Gotta go and check that out on the YouTube channel now remember we've got the 50k challenge giveaway from fidel chris so you've just got to pass the challenge and verification stage do it on my trading that live streams now this is perfect if you have a youtube channel already you want to grow it then please enter the competition there's a link below the video or there's a link in the podcast description. Enter it, you'll find out a bit more about it and what you can do and what you can win. Now, one last thing, if you joined the Robot Builders Club this February, 2023, I'm gonna give you the bootcamp we recorded back in January, along with a bot that we built as part of the bootcamp. If you wanna find out more about that, there's that stuff under the video and in the podcast description as well. All right, let's hear from my sponsor and get on with the show. Fidel Crest is an award-winning prop firm that funds traders with up to $2 million and offers generous profit splits up to 90%. So one thing that really says Fidel Crest Apart is their no minimum trading days requirement on their challenge and verification stages. On top of that, traders who successfully pass the challenge and verification stages are eligible to receive a bonus payout of up to 30k on top of their funded stage profit split payout on performance. And be sure to use promo code tradingnut, all one word, to get 10% off your next challenge. Click the link in the description below or the card above to find out more. All right folks, here we are on trading Up. We've got Jason Casper here in the house. Uh, we are going to get into a full story and tell you what he uh, how he got into trading, and in particular cryptos. And also, we're going to hear the journey so far and his unique lifestyle, where he pretty much is self-sufficient. From what I understand, is that right? Yeah, I mean, we're heading in that
1: direction. Uh, I wouldn't say we're fully self-sufficient, but uh, by the end of the year, we'll be fully off-grid, wow. and um, we grow. I would I would say more than half. Of our own food. So yeah, we're heading in that direction, man. It's a step-by-step process.
0: Cool. So let's start off by hearing your journey into trading. So how did you get into it? And what were the steps along, those, along that journey?
1: Well, I would say when I first got into trading, it was getting into cryptocurrency. So back in 2014, I first learned about what Bitcoin is. And I had already known about like, um, you know, the issues with the dollar, the Federal Reserve I read a book called Creature from Jekyll Island and just pretty much realizing that dollar is a huge Ponzi scheme. You know, If I'm going to hold dollars, if I'm going to hold fiat currency in general, that's not backed by anything. Um, it's going to be losing its purchasing power over time because it could be manipulated and you can increase the supply and devalue the currency. And it's basically a huge Ponzi to take all the actual purchasing power from the people and consolidate it into a, a small group. And I'm like, how can I get around this? And of course, you've got precious metals which I was very much into. And then I started hearing about this thing called Bitcoin. I'm like, man, that's like kind of like digital gold, peer to peer. You don't need a, a central bank or any bank. Um, and you can't duplicate it. You can't make more. You can't devalue it. There's a fixed supply. And then um, in 2015, I listened to a podcast where there was this guy who was super bullish on Bitcoin. He said by, he gave some year, I don't know, like 2030 or something. He's like, it's going to be a million dollars for Bitcoin. And um at the time, I, I was I was pretty young, so I was like 25, and I I decided to just FOMO in my life savings into Bitcoin, um, which I did. I went home. I, I told my wife, "Hey, there's this thing called Bitcoin. I think we should take our savings and put it into it, and put it into Bitcoin, um, because we were trying to save up to buy a property so that we could homestead." And uh, she immediately said yes, which I thought was weird because, <laughs> yeah, like she's a very responsible. Young lady and I myself, and very more so, ready, fire, aim kind of guy. So um, the fact that she agreed immediately to me was just confirmation that we should do this. So in like 2016, we put about thirty thousand dollars into Bitcoin, was between five and seven hundred dollars, and we went through the bull market. Um, I sold a big chunk of it at ten thousand, and that's that's how we were able to actually purchase our our property. So that kind of got me into realizing, wow. There's a whole world out here of investing, and I wanted to start learning how to make money more consistently instead of just having this large position where, you know, when it comes to Bitcoin, I at the time was thinking this is going to be like my retirement money. You know, I I kind of have a different mindset about it now, but this is at the time. So I I decided to start learning how to trade stocks, and um, that was like my journey uh, into trading And when I started to get into stock trading, I decided to switch to Forex because I like the idea of being able to long and short, where like, doesn't matter what the market is doing, you can long and short. But I quickly realized that I I didn't have any real capital to trade with, you know? So once I realized that derivatives exchanges for crypto were a thing, like when Bybit first came out in like 2018, I'm like, this is what I want to do Binance futures, Bybit, because I had the capital to trade and I could, you know, actually make a a, a significant or so I thought amount of money trading crypto cuz you know, after going through the bull run I I still had like some some bitcoin left over. So um that's what got me into trading crypto and when I first started obviously like everybody I I lost, you know, tens of thousands of dollars at a horrible time. And um you know, it, it took me it took me a while to really Build a build a system that I can just stick to. Like you got to stick to the process and just trust that you know over time you'll be able to be profitable if you
0: stick to it. It's interesting, um jumping back to like when you first started and found out about it, and you, you know you you um discovered that the uh, the dollar was a Ponzi scheme. I've actually watched a video just recently where they were talking about like is the whole it was quite a popular YouTuber. I don't know. Just appeared on my feed. Um, is the whole crypto space a Ponzi scheme? Have you seen anything or heard anything along that along those lines?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that anything that you can buy and sell and not actually physically hold could be a Ponzi scheme. Um, you know, <laughs> because in order for the price of anything to go up, you have to have people putting money into it, right? Yeah. So yeah. in order for the price of Bitcoin to go up, you have to have people putting money into it. And, and we don't really know anything about Bitcoin, to be honest with you. So, yeah, it could be a Ponzi. I, I don't know. You know, I'm much less of a, uh, a gun-ho uh, crypto guy now than I was back when I, in all honesty, kind of emotionally just FOMOed into Bitcoin because I heard some people that I respect talk about it. Um, now, I know that's kind of weird. A lot of people don't like when I say that, but but the reality is I, I just look at it as a means to acquire like tangible assets, things that actually matter for real life. You know, um you can't eat Bitcoin. And if there's no food in the supermarket, yeah. no one cares that you have Bitcoin, they're not going to give you your food. They're not going to give you their food for your Bitcoin if there's no food in the store. So, you know, I just look at it as a means. Right now, this is this is what I'm doing, and right now it's it's doing pretty well, so I'm just gonna keep doing this. And if it goes away, it goes away. That's that's my mindset. To be so, honest so, with you,
0: I'm sorry. Go on.
1: I'm not even really like a crypto guy per se. Like, um, I don't know much about all these different coins and their blockchains and what makes them different and all this. I don't even really care because I've I've come to just be a trader and also as a long term investor. I'm like, well, it's
0: either gonna work or it's not. You know, it's a calculated risk. And so, so, okay, so you really you really are in that trading space um and not like following alt, the latest altcoin and that sort of thing. so with with that, I mean, I, for me, you know, it sounds like you you know well, you've done stocks, you've done Forex. It sounds like you've gone through that sort of um r- mill where they've sort of churned you out and spat you out. and what why is it that you ended up on crypto and trading the crypto markets even now and not sort of going, oh, well, let's go back and have a look at uh, Forex or futures or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely open to
1: going back to Forex. The reason I haven't in the past few years is mostly because I haven't really had a need to, to be honest with you. Um, I'm just so in the groove of of trading Bitcoin, even primarily just day trading Bitcoin. I, I know how the market moves. I know how the levels are respected. And so I'm just, I'm kind of in... In the zone, so to speak, in the groove of trading Bitcoin, but I'm, I'm totally for we even talked about like in, in my trading group actually doing Forex and stocks, and some people do trade that in our group, so um, I'm not against it at all It's yeah, just yeah crypto's so volatile it, well except for in December. I mean you can get some pretty some pretty good trades every almost every day trading just Bitcoin
0: alone, you know And so what about things like the spread on, on that asset class? Because I I know that it can be sort of prohibitive if you don't get a move big enough, then, you know, your position is going to just sit around the spread for a while. Is that something that you find an issue? Um, No, I I don't really find that an issue at all.
1: I I don't, I don't have an issue with um, not getting filled. I don't have an issue with paying too many fees. I mean, the exchanges I use have a lot of liquidity and, um, I haven't really had an issue on Bybit. I haven't had an issue. I've um, been trading on an exchange
0: now called MEXC. Um, yeah, it's been great. Okay, cool. And and so let's let's dive back into your trading journey. So getting to the point where you actually could know, read a chart and understand what was going on. I mean, how much of your trading is based on fundamentals versus technicals? So I'm, I'm pretty much purely a technical trader.
1: I don't care about the news events at all. I don't care... About anything besides the technicals, and I I don't discredit fundamentals at all. I you know there's the old debate about what's what moves the market. I think it's something we can't fully even understand. Somehow the technicals can kind of tell you what the fundamentals are going to be. Like a great example is, you know, before FTX went down, uh, the most bearish sign in the world printed the week before. I mean, the most bearish sign in the world. Something that we saw at like all time high Bitcoin. Right. Uh, and then we saw it like a week before FTX went under. And then, you know, that following Tuesday, CZ from Binance put out the tweet that caused a huge dump. And it's like, well, hey, the chart told me this was going to happen. Um, but if you had waited for the news to come out, you could have also shorted it and made just as much. Um, another example is like Elon Musk. I have, a, I have a YouTube video called How I Trade Elon Musk Tweets Before He Tweets. And right. it's basically just, chart set the short and then he tweeted and I was already short. So thanks Elon. But um, yeah, I, I find that for me, if I focus on fundamentals, it's just too much noise. Like I just want to look at the chart what's happening in real time um, right now on the chart.
0: And that's how I, that's how I do it. And, and how did you come up with what you do day in day out on the charts to uh, what, what were the, what was that process across, you know, sounds like across investing in crypto moving to stocks, going to Forex, and then finally finding yourself back in and trading Bitcoin.
1: Yeah. Well, just to say like, I didn't spend much time trading stocks or Forex at all. Um, You know, and and when I, when I was doing it, it was, it was primarily, um, like I said, very, very small position sizes, just kind of like learning how to trade in general. Um, But for me, I just, over time, I I realized that there's, there's three things that I have to have if I want to be able to do this. And that's, like some kind of a strategy, any kind of strategy to get me in and out of a trade and then risk management and then just having the the discipline and the patience to stick to that process. So those three things are basically what I've been refining, um, you know, for the past number of years. So I, I primarily just trade, I mean, to, to really s- simplify it down, I, I just have support and resistance, long support, short resistance. If I see, um, Usually I'm looking for divergences, something something as simple as just a divergence on the oscillator. I also do use order flow. So I'm looking for like absorption um, and stuff like that and or like trap traders at support people who shorted support and then they're trapped. Um, and then I've also just I've made a rule for myself, like for every trade I take, I, I never risk more than one to three percent of my stack. Never. So regardless of the trade I'm taking, I'm always risking the same amount. And I'm always shooting for at least more than a two to one risk reward. Like um, I like to do three to ones and, and above, which is totally possible with crypto. And uh, when you are when you're using like such precise levels of support and resistance, like I tend to do, um, you can have amazing. Re- re- blah, blah, blah risk reward <laughs> ratios yeah um even if you're just scalping like a 1% range you could still have like a 4 to 1 if you know like yeah i'm looking for a bounce off the 618 fibonacci to the dollar that's what i'm looking for so it's like you give yourself like this you know 0.3% stop loss and you know if it goes beyond your 0.3% stop loss your idea is wrong so you get out of the trade and take your dang loss and move on to the next one but you know if the trade goes right because you have such a small stop loss, your risk to reward is so great. Mm. You can put so much
0: on the trade with only risking 1% of your stack, you know? And, and in terms of getting out of those trades, I mean, uh, like, it obviously has to be some kind of either arbitrary, you know, spot that you decide, okay, okay, like, well, I think the move's over now. I'm going to get out. Or um, you're trailing your stops and waiting for your, you know, stop to get hit. I mean, what what's your preference in that space?
1: <laughs> yeah, so I I because I'm I'm able to be at the chart um, all day, I, I tend to take profit one at like a, a two to one risk reward. And I'll usually take out half the position. And then I will move my stop loss to my entry. And then I will just set take profits beyond. Um, and then I also counter trade myself. So what I'll do is I'll like get into it, especially like Bitcoin loves to range sideways. Right, so we'll be just trading all week, all the past two weeks, we've been trading from the highs to the low, to the highs to the low, to the highs to the low, to the highs to, to, high to the low. So I'm right now, I'm I'm in a long from the low, and I'm in a short from the high. Ah. These are my swing trades, and I have my stop losses at my entry, and I've taken fifty percent of both position out. They're both open now. Whichever way this range breaks, I'm gonna be in a swing trade from the exact higher low, and then meanwhile, I will be um I will be scalping. Um, other positions within that range. So that's kind of how I, that's kind of how I deal with it. Uh, it really helps psychologically. And when it comes to scalp trades, I will have specific targets. So like if I'm scalping, let's say like a, like a 1% range, I will have my, I will have two take profits on that trade. And typically it's just clear support resistance flips in that, in that little range. And um, I I never, I shouldn't say never, but I rarely, if I'm in profit, I, I rarely don't take profit. And I, and I know people say that's that's a bad practice because then you're going to have these tiny little wins and these huge losses. But I will I will take profit, like I said, after like a two to one already gets hit. So it's like, I have the opportunity now to, if I wanted to close the full trade with a, with a two to one. But um, if I take 50% out, that's still a
0: one to one, but now my stop loss is at my entry. And I can look for another trade. Mm, yeah, yeah, you've locked that in. yeah. and so so, um, I mean, it sounds like you obviously have done quite a bit of research either yourself or education to get to the point where you understand the market enough to be able to take trades like this. what was What were the educational sources that you sort sought, uh, sought out when you were first starting out? A, a lot. i've 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 taken so many different courses from so many
1: different educators and groups. And um, I've kind of combined everything to kind of create my own style of trading. Um, but a lot of crypto guys, a lot of stock guys as well.
0: How did you, um, how did you sort of, I suppose, validate that what you came up with yourself was the thing that you're going to use? What was the process in, in validating that? Um, I, you
1: know, it just it just started to really work for me. I mean, when I when I was when I first got into it and I didn't really know what I was doing, I realized that I needed to have some kind of strategy to get me into a trade. And so I quickly realized that the best way to trade is to long support and short resistance. And so everything else I've just kind of been building on top of that. So it's it's really just the most it's the most basic thing about trading like buy low and sell high. And then um you know, I just keep building on top of that. The, the more things that I learn from people in my own trading group and other trading groups as well because um you know, there's a lot of people in my own trading discord that are like amazing traders and they teach me a lot.
0: Ah, yeah, yeah, I suppose it just that you the the education just compounds. Now, um what about like you said? You know, you sit in front of the charts all day. I mean, how many trades are you expected? Typically, you're going to take in a day. It really does depend um, on
1: a lot of things. So, if I'm actually sitting there with the intent of scalping that day, I might take you know, who knows, maybe up to like ten trades on on a good day. Especially if there's like a very clear range. Um, on other days, I might just take like one or two. And it really depends on the day as well, because especially in the winter, I have a lot more time to trade because I'm not outside as much. But in the summer, I'm I'm really just focusing more on like the, the swing trades from the range low to the range high. And I'll I'll bring my laptop out with me actually in the pickup truck with my alerts. That way, if I'm out there like harvesting potatoes or whatever,
0: I can uh hop on over to the charts. All right, cool, cool. And and yeah. so, so so very it really varies. I mean, what about a win rate like how often are you going to lose trades out of ten? Um, I
1: don't know. Probably maybe like th- three out of ten. If I'm if I'm if I'm scalping them, I mean, yeah, maybe probably about three out of ten. I I don't really keep track, to be honest with you, of my losing trades because, well, for two reasons. Number one, a lot of times I am always you know, I'm, I'm like always counter trading myself. So like I could have like a, a short and a long going on at the same time. And if like my, if my trade gets stopped out, I can just cover the loss with the opposite position. And secondly, it's like, because I'm risking so little, I almost don't even really think about the losses that I take. There've been a few times where I've taken like really big losses because I'm risking like 3% of my stack and it like totally goes against me. And, um, that's never, that's never a fun thing. The last major loss that I took was on a uh, Friday. It was Friday, January 20th. And I shorted, uh, I, sh- I shorted 21.7 that, uh, that if you look at the, the, the Taylor candles, like this massive Bolshan golfing candle. Uh, like, right. Yeah. So that, that was my last major loss that I've taken. Um, but in this little ranger, I don't think I've taken a loss in the past week here.
0: And, and what I'm about like, so, I've... I mean, you're, 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 you know, you're obviously with, you know, making money regularly or, or crypto through these exchanges. I'm just sort of interested in hearing what your process is around withdrawing funds to, yeah. to live yeah. off. Like, you know, to buy your, I was going to say buy your potatoes, but you're not buying potatoes, you're making potatoes. Um, so what, what's your process around yeah. that? So I, I always keep a fixed amount in
1: my account. Always. Um, you know, I I that's just the the amount that I like to trade with. And um I always at the end of the month will would will take that out. And right now, um, a lot of times I'll actually just put that into into actual crypto right now. Cause I because I've been like stacking Bitcoin and stuff for my long-term hodl. Cause you know, I have more Bitcoin on spot now than, than I've ever had in my life. And so you know, I've been kind of just doing that. But yeah, every single month you have to withdraw your profits. Otherwise, you can like get greedy and stuff. And,
0: you know. Okay. So it's a monthly process. And you just say, okay, what have I made? I'll take that out and, and leave the base yep. in there to trade with. Okay. Cool. Yep. There's a certain amount that
1: I, I just like to trade with because it's basically the amount that I could, I could know that I could comfortably, like, if this was the only thing that I was doing to generate an income, I could comfortably live on that just like low key not forcing trades, just waiting for the good setups um i know that
0: in the course of a month i would make enough to maintain you know my life which is you talk about like summer and winter being quite different for you because you've got more stuff going on in the summer which makes sense you don't want to be glued to your computer screen the, the whole time uh what what would your typical trading day look like in the winter
1: yeah. So in the winter, my typical trading day is like I, I wake up at around like 4.30 in the morning and I, I always like pray first thing. And, um, and then I do some kind of exercise. Um, and then like around 7 in the morning, I am on the charts doing my analysis for the day, doing my charting for the day, making my plan for the day. And um, and then I typically like to trade between 8.30. This is New York City time to around you know market closes like around four p m sometimes I go a little bit later um but yeah that's that's pretty much what I do. and It's not like I'm sitting there looking at the computer the whole time either you know i, I have my alert set I can go do other things, but if I know we're coming up to like a key level,
0: then I'm really gonna be looking at the charts you know mm. Mm. okay and and so like it sounds like I mean you you know a lot of people do struggle with emotions getting into this and and going through it I mean it seems like you you haven't mentioned emotions yet, but I'm sort of thinking that you've got a mindset that is able to to cope with trading really well. I mean, do you do you find that or did you have emotional, psychological struggles back when you first started?
1: Oh, man, I, I'm such an emotional guy. I'm still such an emotional guy. I'm an emotional trader. So like if you watch my live streams, you see me like freaking out and like, yeah, some of it's sensational. But the, the reality is I'm, I'm, a, I'm an emotional guy. So what I've done is like you have to find these hacks. That can allow you to trade without emotion. So for me, it's like it's the risking one percent, right? Um, for me, that that takes so much pressure off. You, I I know traders who risk ten percent of their stack per trade. If I was risking ten percent of my stack per trade, I wouldn't be able to stay in that trade. I, I'd close it too early or I'd hold it too long, um, you know. So it's like you got to just take, say like you know who, who cares if this is a loss, right? You have mm-hmm. to get to that place by not risking too much. Um, and then something else that I do is I, like I said, I, I counter trade myself. So it's like, you know, if I, if I can, if I can make a profit and then hold that position, um, that also really helps me not like get into a trade I shouldn't be in because it's like, well, I'm already short from the high. So if we dump from here, I don't have to like FOMO into a short or anything like that. I'm already short, um, or vice versa for, for a long trade. And, um, then just making that covenant with yourself to say, look, I'm only going to take a trade that I planned out in advance that I know what my position size needs to be. I know where my stop loss needs to be. I know where my take profits need to be. If I come to the chart and I'm like, oh, it's time too long. No, that's, you don't do that. You have to have at least I would say like 10 minutes in advance made a plan for it because, um, if then you just stick to the then you just stick to the process of it like that's it. and if you are really sticking to a process of using good risk management and um, sticking to the strategy that you have made for yourself um you know i, I always i always say to people you're at least not going to blow your account like if you're really risking 1% per trade that doesn't mean you're putting 1% on per trade it means you're risking 1% and you're really making plans and waiting for those confirmations before you get in, and you're being true to yourself and saying, I'm really doing this, you're not gonna blow your account, Mm. you know? You might not make money,
0: but but I mean, it's it's mathematically impossible.
1: You you would literally never blow your account because every time you take a 1% loss, you know, if you just keep taking 1% losses, you'll literally never blow your
0: account because the 1% keeps getting smaller and smaller each time. Yeah, you might actually gradually draw your account down to virtually nothing but she won't blow it um okay so uh, it's quite interesting you say the uh that the whole sort of like you're looking which I think is quite unique you're looking for that reversal kind of you know opposite trade which is helping you with the mindset thing so it's like I'm in the trade going short but I'm looking for the buy long to Mm -hmm. tell me when I get out and I'll and you will take that buy long right if if you're in the short you'll take the buy oh yeah yeah, because yeah, so set up for the buy long, right?
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm always. I'm always looking at the markets for sideways ranges, support and resistance. Um, it's very rare that I'm like super bullish or super bearish. And um, you know, most of the times when I get wrecked, I'm. I'm basically. I'm. I'm shorting resistance. Let's say, and we pump through it. But if if you just look at you know historically what price action does, it's like most of the time when we come up to resistance we reject. So if you're trading a sideways range, you know, a lot of people are like looking for a breakout for confirmation of an uptrend. It's like, if you're always looking to trade a breakout, most of the time that breakout's not going to happen, right? Most of the time we're going to come up to resistance and reject because it's resistance and vice versa for support. People get super bearish. You know, it's crazy how many people short support when you're looking at the order flow. Um, You know, we come down to support all of a sudden millions of shorts opening up at the low. Right, because we're like dumping, right? So it's like if you just look at the history and statistically come to resistance, that's the time to be looking for for short trade. So I always kind of am counter trading, you could say, but that's only if you're looking at price action as, hey, we're in an uptrend right now, as opposed to, hey, we're ranging from low to high, and we're coming back up to the high. Where Mm -hmm. last time we were here, price rejected, so. That's kind of how I view the market. And I use an indicator called market cipher, um, which is very, very good. I think it's the best indicator you could use in TradingView because it gives you information that you'd have to spend a lot of time and also using a lot of very complicated tools to get that information when you could just look at a few oscillators on your chart. And it tells you when money is leaving the market while price is going up. And it it tells you when money's coming into the market, when price is Mm -hmm. consolidating. And there's certain confirmations I look for that have very, very high win rate, like, like nine out of 10. And is that based on order flow that indicator? Marcus Cypher is not based on order flow. Um, Well, actually it might be, I actually don't know. know I don't know what, how he, he, he made that, but I, I would say that when I, when I am using order flow, what I'm looking for on there is I'm looking to see, you know, what are, what are, what's retail doing and what are the whales doing? Because, If you see, for example, um, let's say you see like 50 million shorts opening up at support, right? And the order book says, all we have are shorts coming in, no longs, just shorts. You would think to yourself, price should be making lower lows and lower highs. But if price is staying at support and not moving, and maybe even making slightly higher lows and higher highs, ever so Mm -hmm. slightly at that support, you know that there's big players, they're filling up limit orders and they're basically feasting on these retail phone and then they're going to push the price up. And so when you see that, you also know, all right, it's time to long this support.
0: Right.
1: So it's really just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always taking it level to level, right? I have every single day, I like make a plan. I'm like, I would long here, here or here. And I would short here, here or there. If this, this, or this happens at that, at those places. So like, I already know what I'm looking for then i'll even sit all like in my trading group like i'll tell people my plan look if we come to this level and we see this and this and that i'll take a loan from here and here's my target and here's my stop loss but uh if we get there and we don't see those things well it's it's a
0: no trade yeah right you know gotcha. yeah um and and what time frames are you looking to well set your levels and then take the trades on
1: that's a good question so I don't really worry about time frame uh, as much as I worry about the level. And if I see that price is coming to a level, then I do top-down analysis. I'll usually start on the four-hour and just basically I'll gauge, I'll like take a, um, a survey of like three things I'm looking for on the four-hour. And if they are all, let's say we're coming to resistance, I'll be looking at the four-hour and say four-hour is bearish. Then I'll go to the one-hour. One-hour is bearish, 12-minute, six-minute, one-minute. And if they all are bearish,
0: then I'll, I'll take that trade, you know? Okay. And, and uh, what about like, if we sort of just put your, put your hat on, retail trader, somebody coming into it, they're a bit of a newbie, they've got a little bit of education, what steps would you send them down to start growing an account?
1: Yeah, so I would, I would tell them to focus on the three things. Find any strategy. It could be as simple as using Bollinger Bands on like the five minute time frame, and only taking a trade when the candle pierces the Bollinger Bear with a, with a divergence on the RSI right? Any strategy, the most simple, basic thing that you can just say, okay, I'm looking for A, B, and C, that's where I enter. And then you just say your take profits at the middle band and the lower band, risking 1% of your account. And just focus on that process and, and have the patience and discipline to actually stick to that process. And, and um, don't overcomplicate things. And then once you get that down, just keep building upon that, right? Um, support and resistance, in my opinion is like the best way to trade because it's giving you like a very clearly defined entry and exit point. And it makes it very easy for you to plan your setups. So any strategy, abide by good risk management, and then promise yourself, you're actually going to, you're actually going to do what you say you're going to do. Like, don't say, yeah, I'm following this strategy. And then like FOMO and chase price, Mm. you know, actually stick to it. You know, I, I know guys who've been trading for like a year, who are like some of the best traders in the world, in my opinion. Um, it's it's really because they 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 really focused on those three things and they just kept building upon what they already knew, getting more advanced as they go. You know, a lot of new traders I see come through. It's like they, they want to like get super advanced. Like they've been trading for like two months and they're like drawing Elliott waves and harmonics and yeah. like talking about like Wyckoff schematics and like, ooh, do you think this is like a spring? And it's like, bro, bro, like just slow down support and resistance. Like it doesn't have to be overcomplicated. You can look at a chart and like draw boxes where price historically found a sticking point and just look for trades in those zones and you'll probably do all right. But you know, I really think
0: you just got to simplify it down. Yeah, that is, is simplifying. Yeah, that is a key, and it's something that we're great at not trying to do, um, and overcomplicating. Now, um, last question before we jump into a quick fire round here: um, If there was one thing you'd recommend a retail trader spend the next month mastering, what would it be?
1: One thing? I mean, I, you know, I can only I can only speak for like what's worked for me, but it would it would really be just learn learn how to t- how to draw <laughs> levels on a chart, like learn how to mark out key levels on a chart. If you're brand new, just learn some kind of technical analysis, like read a book or take a course and um, and then just, you know, trade those levels with good risk management. I mean, yeah, I mean, I keep saying the same thing, but it's just like for me, that's that's really what's, what's worked. And I, I know traders that trade in all different kinds of ways. Like I know traders that trade like intuitively. They just like they've been watching the chart for so many years and they're like, I'm going in now. And then they're like, I'm getting out now. But uh, for me, I like, I I can't work that way. Like I need to have a system. I need to have like rules to follow. Mm. So um, maybe that's what I would say. Make rules that you follow um, because you are an emotional person and you are going to get wrecked if you think you can do this um, just by doing it and not having like a a criteria to get you in a trade, out of a trade and
0: a criteria for how much you risk per trade and, and all that kind of stuff, you know? I suppose if you've got the rules, then at least you can look back at the trade and match it up against your rules and say, did I follow them? No, and I lost the trade. There you go. Rules not followed, you lose the trade. If you'd followed the rules, you wouldn't have probably taken it. Um, Right. right, Let's dive into a quick fire round here, and then we'll wrap this thing up. So how long did it take you to go from newbie to consistently profitable? Um, Probably, well, I started
1: doing this seriously in 2018. So I would say about three years. What's your favorite entry setup? Uh, Coming to support or resistance with a
0: clear divergence. What strategies do you use to exit or manage trades? I just uh,
1: support or resistance, really. I mean, if we come to resistance, I would close along at TP1 right there. Uh, Do you have a recommended trading book or resource? Oh, man. I would just recommend to never stop, never
0: stop learning different uh, philosophies about trading. Okay, and any anywhere somebody could go to 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 learn that, if you had to say sort of book, internet, some other kind of resource, what would it be? I mean, I would say YouTube is a great place to
1: find different styles of trading, and. I know, I know people who trade so many, so many different styles and they're all good at what they do. So I would just say, explore and find what works best for you because I, I can say that it's different for everybody. So just start to learn something.
0: Cool. And then this question here, I'm going to ask you, what's your preferred broker and trading platform? I'm interested to hear how you actually go about getting your trades on. It sounds like you use TradingView for your analysis. How does yeah. that work for you? Yeah, so I like uh different crypto exchanges. I use Bybit, I use
1: MEXC, um, Bitget, I also use and enjoy um Binance no longer I, I can't use that anymore. But yeah, I do TradingView for analysis and then I just enter the trade on my on my phone or iPad or computer, just uh through the exchange interface.
0: Hey folks, ever wonder what broker I use? Well, I use Hanko Trade. It was a no brainer because I was looking for a broker with good trading conditions and one that wouldn't restrict my leverage. Now, by joining Hanko Trade, I've also cut down my trading costs significantly with their super low commission of just $1 per 100K. You can learn more at hankotrade.com or just click the link I've put in the description. Uh, and now, do you want to walk us through your worst ever trade? What was that? Y- your worst ever trade. Do you want to walk us through your worst ever trade? My worst ever trade. Well, My worst
1: ever trade is probably, I lost like 14K in one trade and it was essentially, I was trying to take a long and I had no clear entry point. I just thought that price was going to go up and I kept nursing it and nursing it and moving my stop loss down and down, even added margin to the trade to avoid liquidation. And eventually price came down and liquidated me and right after it liquidated me, that was the bottom. And I lost 14K in one trade. And I felt like horrible. Like I felt like I, you know, I, I can't believe I, I lost this much money in one trade. Like I felt like an idiot. I felt like a bad husband, a bad father, all that stuff. So that was, and, that was like the real turning point for me. That, that was, that right. was the real turning point for me. Yeah. Because when I first got, I was like, I, I was basically gambling. Right. So that's where I realized, all right, I, I can't just do this intuitively.
0: I was going to say that was probably your pre 1% risk uh, trading. Right. Exactly. Yep. Okay, cool. Now, if you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice, what would it be? One piece of advice, it would be um,
1: use good risk management, honestly, because this is a game of probabilities. You you have a strategy and use good risk management. Trading is like flipping a coin. It's either going to go in your direction or it's going to go against you. If you can do anything or find anything on the chart that gives you more than a 50-50 shot, If it can give you a 60, 50, 70, uh, you know, 60, 40, 70, 30, 80, 20 shot, then stick to that. And then if you can do that using good risk management so that, you know, your wins will always outweigh your losses over time, you're setting yourself up for success. Um, That's that's what I would say.
0: Risk management is key. Now, before we wrap up, what's the best way for the traders to get hold of you? Um, You can find me on YouTube, Jason Casper
1: um, you know, we always have a good time. I live stream pretty much every weekday, uh, during this time of year. And I also post multiple videos a day and I'm just chilling out. We're chilling out live stream trades and all that. Um, and, uh, also I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram and, um, JasonCaspertrading.com Trading.com is my website to get educational content and all that. And awesome. yeah,
0: that's about it. Brilliant. Well, look, uh, big thank you to Jason. And that is um, spelled J-A-Y-S-O-N for anyone trying to spell it J-A-S-O-N for sharing with us today. Everything we've discussed here along with all, all those links are in the show notes to find them simply search for jason in that search box on tradingup.com until next time wish all my listeners trading happiness and success righty ho folks there you have an interview done with jason i told you it was going to be epic now we've got an even more epic video breakdown of how he trades these ranges so if you are like you know trying to trade breakouts or trying to trade trends then this is probably going to blow your mind and maybe even second guess what you're doing with your approach to trading so yeah, that video is coming up in a second here on the channel so please go and check that out whilst you're over there clicking around do remember to check out that 50k fidel quest challenge so there's a link in the descriptions here and also if you're looking to join robot builders club to automate virtually anything you can dream up on metatrader 4 metatrader 5 without doing any coding then yeah there's a special offer this february 2023 where you're going to get the boot cam we recorded in uh, january it's a three hour boot camp i think we ended up going for five and you're going to get the bot that we built at the end of it and it's going to get you to that point of being able to do pretty much anything you can imagine on a price chart automating it um, from way to go in as short a shorter period as possible all right folks thanks for watching and listening we'll see you in the next episode